Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ridiculous Entertainment. My name is Tim, your host, and today we are going to look at C, episode five. So I wanted to do an overview, but it's a really fucking complex series. So if you haven't seen one through four, watch C one through four, and uh, then come back and listen to this as a, a satirical commentary on episode five. It's just, it would have taken me like 30 minutes to explain it, and I would have done it poorly, left stuff out. And you know me, I, I rarely remember the characters' names. So I'd been like, that dude over there, and that chick, they did this thing, and then that thing, and then and they did another thing. So it's better that you just go watch the episodes and then you come back here for the funny stuff. But briefest of overviews, it's a world where the ability of sight is now gone. However, two kids are born into this world with sight. There is also a queen whose mission is to find and kill these children with the aid of a witch hunter. The kids, along with their tribe mates, their mother, their father, a seer, and a shadow, go on an adventure to now find their father. Uh, they are... They were on a river, on a raft, floating down, and they take, like, the night on shore to kick it and stuff. Uh, whilst sleeping through the night, kicking it, some asshole came through and robbed their camp, and that's where we are now. But technically, we're not there right now because the story, this episode starts with a focus on the queen. So basically, the queen has discovered a plot in which her viziers want to murder her. Her top advisors want to give her the shaft, the old heave-ho. So she goes nuts. She's like, handmade, handmade, one of the... Well, We'll go back really fast. One of my favorite parts about this show, not because it arouses me, but because it's really fucking stupid and it's great. So she prays to the gods. That makes sense. You know, most cultures have deities that they pray to. But when she's praying to the gods, she's got either her hand six inches up her muff or her handmaid's mouth six inches up her muff. So there is some level of masturbation or or uh, partner play going on in the prayers, which leads me to believe that she is probably praying to a past lover who she is pretty obsessed with, which if you've watched the show, I'm talking about Jerla Morel. So think that she's praying and jerking it out to Jerla Morel. I'm not sure, but that's just kind of what it seems like. Otherwise, it's, it's uh, that's pretty fucked up, but uh, otherwise it's even more fucked up. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're stroking one out to God, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like it at all. If you stroke one out with a partner for God, that's we're talking about a little bit something different. Don't stroke one out to God. He thinks that's weird. Also, he's not real. So she, de- she detects the plot to uh, have her killed by her viziers. She's like, handmaid? The handmaid comes up and she's like, like, shall we pray? And grabs her muff. She's like, no, I, I'm not praying right now. What I want to do is murder everyone. And she's like, ooh, goody, ooh. So their city is located uh, near a dam. In fact, their city is like in a canyon directly adjacent to a dam. So basically, if the dam falters, their city washes away. Which, who the fuck thought of that? Which dipshit needs to get killed for putting a city near a very old dam? If it falters, you murdered your people. Well, it didn't have to falter. She just made it break. She just broke that shit and she murdered her people and took off with the handmaid who fucking busts her puss and uh, some dude is gonna drive him around in a horse-drawn buggy. I don't think they have cars. They have electricity because they're on a dam. Uh, but I don't think they have cars. Uh, so this is where we pick up, you know. While she's going through the motions of destroying her home, her kingdom, her subjects, she's listening to a song. She's pretty obsessed with it. The song is called Perfect Day uh, by Lou Reed. She's pretty obsessed with it. She's listening to it in pretty much every episode uh, pre and post masturbation. So yeah, I mean, we pretty much covered that she's a bad queen. She's also just kind of an idiot. You know, even if you don't like the people that you're subjugating, find another way to wipe them out because that dam was probably the key to your success. It was probably your future. You know, you've, you've done yourself a disservice because now you have to go live like a peasant somewhere more than likely because you have nothing but a cart, a dude, and some chick who rubs them up. So, so they take off and uh, we leave her and we, we go back to our party of travelers. And the focus is initially on Magra, who's the mother character in Alfie Woodyard. The mother character in Alfrey Woodard. They're having a conversation you know, Ma, you're being a dumb bitch. Alfrey, you're being an old hag. Uh, this, that, and the other. 
basically mom sent the two kiddos who can see and Baba Voss, daddy bear, off to find trinkets and weapons that were stolen from them in the night. So there, there's a little bit of conflict and I'm a little distracted because this is the first real hint that there is a pop culture or has been pop culture in the past. Obviously, it, it's our world. It's the world that we currently live in just centuries in the future. But there are aspects of pop culture that survive because if you look into the hair jewelry of one Alfre Woodard, uh, there appears to be a golden circle with a TIE fighter in the middle of it. So that's cool. You know, that's pretty awesome. Star Wars in the sea universe. We like, we like. Also, does this set her up for a villain, a villainy role? Or does it set her up for a Lando Calrissian role where she will betray them, then come back to save the day and then clap awkwardly at the end? So they get nowhere with their conversation. So we go and, and we, we meet up with Baba Boss and the two, I call them kids. They're like 18, 19, whatever. And they're preparing for a camp raid on the dickhead who stole their stuff. And, and what I noticed outside of their very elite sensory skills, I'd like to call them like they can hear things, at least two of them can, from a very long distance away. They can describe what they're hearing and they can pinpoint the location down to a, a coordinate heading. She's pretty good. I mean, sometimes I don't know which way north is. So, you know, that's pretty good. But other than that, what I noticed is that the kid has face tattoos or brands. They're possibly brands going across his face. And I'm going to call him Kid Can See. I know that there are other kids who can see, uh, but we'll give them different names. That's just the only one I came up with. Kid Can See. So Kid Can See, he's got these face tattoos and brands. And someday, someday he's going to have to be some. Someday he's going to have to grow up, stop being a little bitch and do something that's really going to affect his ability to market himself as an asset. I'm a man who gets face tattoos slash brands. You want some of that now, don't you? Yeah, huh? So now they go down to the camp where uh, the people who have taken all their stuff are and they're about to go in and then the girl, the girl who can see, we're going to call her Angsty. Angsty goes into the camp and she's like, I think her name's Anunwa. Ninwa? Henawa? We're going to call her Angsty. Angsty goes into the camp. She's like, dad, bro, stay here. I got this for now. Stay here. She goes into the camp and uh, looking around and out of nowhere comes this dude. Starts kicking her ass. Puts her on the ground, knocks her out cold. Bro and dad come in, try to save the day. Bro kind of is leisurely about it. You know, he could have very much left Baba Voss in the dust uh, because he's younger and can see stuff. Uh, but, you know, he's leisurely. He doesn't really care that much. His sister's annoying. But once they arrive, there's a scuffle. There's a tussle. There's some feistiness amongst them. Angsty's on the ground. She's passed out. She got beat up with a stick. But here comes Baba Voss. Papa Bear. Papa Bear comes in and beats the shit out of this guy. And what we soon learn is that this is a man who can see. He has the ability to see. So, Papa Bear has now kicked the living shit out of somebody who can see. It's really impressive because this isn't like, like an eight-year-old who can see. This is a, an adult male with equivalent strength. Maybe he's not as strong as, as Jason Momoa, but he's a pretty strong bro. He can take care of himself and he can see. So I, I thought it was impressive. Jason Momoa is very tactile and he is very, his combat scenes look very good. He's well polished. Some of them are a little weird, like how he cuts off a head or slits a throat. Like he'll slit a throat all the way around. Kind of weird. But also, dude knows what he's doing. I ain't gonna talk no shit. So after they realize that the boots can see, like angsty's on the ground, she's like, Papa Bear, stop kicking his ass. He can see, so we have to like him. He can see, so we have to be friends with him. You know, it's, it doesn't really work that way. You know, even in your own social circles, there are people that you don't like. Who that dude can see, let's hang out with him. I guess there's a little bit of a difference because she probably figures that he is the son of Jill Morrell. Now we leave them with these thoughts and we go back to the queen. And they're kind of wandering around. If I had to peg the location, I'd say Pacific Northwest, but you know, it's it very well could have been the Grand Canyon. Uh, it just, there's iciness and lakes, so I, I wouldn't put it in the desert. No, I wouldn't say that. I would say Pacific Northwest. They probably have big ass dams up there. It could also be uh, in the New England area around the Great Lakes. There's lots of dams up there and it's cold as shit. So th that's another thing is, is there's ice all over the ground. The lakes are frozen over. There's stuff like this, stuff like that in the area the exact area they're at. So 
I'm not sure where they're at. I'm going to peg it to either Portland or the Great Lakes area. But they're they're going around and uh, her and the handmaid, they're holding hands. They're, they're admiring the view. And she's like, okay, I'm a little bit hungry. I'm going to holler at the driver. Hey, driver. Hey, driver. Hey, driver. And she's being real annoying, real persistent, real annoying. Hey, uh, he didn't answer you the first time. He's probably not close enough to you for that to be of any good. Why don't you calm the fuck down? He'll bring you a sandwich in a bit. Little do we know, or little does she know, that two characters called the Shadows, which I don't really, I mean, I understand the characters just fine that why they exist, but I don't really like their existence. Uh, they're stealthy people in a world where people can't see. So uh, I guess the point is, is that they, they move very quietly, but, but they paint their faces and their bodies and their skin. And it seems unnecessary because they're doing that for them. No one else knows unless it is a religion. There's some religion where that blocks the auras of the shadow so that no one can sense their aura, but it's stupid and no one should do that job. Anyways, two shadows coming up out of nowhere. They've knifed the driver. They've killed the driver. They next kill the handmaid and then they snatch the queen. So this seems like an epic mistake. They're shadow slavers. So this is definitely a mistake. The driver, he could have been useful to you. The handmaid, you know, she's done stuff. You know, she has skills, trades. The only thing that the queen is good at is complaining. She's only good at complaining and pining over Jura Morel. So basically you've killed two very useful people for a burden. You should probably be fired, shadows. We come up on our heroes, Baba Voss, the two kiddos, and the attacker, the scavenger, the a-hole, his name's Boots, the newfound member of their clan, they come up and they march on, on camp where Shadow and Mama and Alf, Alfred Woodard are. So they're walking up and Alfred Woodard's like, who's this bitch? Who's this motherfucker? And then Angsty. Angsty's like, this is my brother. Would you please accept him into our family group? And basically everyone is a little annoyed with her, except for brother and Boots. Kid Cansey and Boots are, are fine with the situation because they're all brothers and sisters, but everybody else is a little annoyed that they just picked up this guy, especially because he is scroungy as fuck. That guy looks like you can smell him a county over. He looks like he stinks like the bottom side of a dirty asshole. Is there a top side of a dirty asshole? Yes. Yes, there is. He's just so wrong looking in many ways. I mean, you can have dreads and it's an acceptable look. A lot of people do have dreads in this show, but his dreads look like they're growing new dread. There's not a lot that's acceptable about this man's hygiene. So after we're done with the Boots introduction, we go and we find Kid Cansey, little Mr. Eyesight, down at the shoreline. He's trying to address the boat situation. Yes, the boat that they came to this area on and it has been beached during low tide. Sounds like a problem, right? It sounds like a little bit of an issue. But this kid, Kid Cansey, thinks that even though he's a bitch, he can push the boat into the water. So Kid Cansey, guess what? You're wrong. The boat doesn't budge. That being said, this leads to an interaction uh, between him and the very, very sneaky shadow. She's got game. She's also aged wonderfully. So if you track this back, you first see her when the kids are like four, uh, to my recollection. I'm sure you see her before then, but that's like her reveal. That's when you see her as a shadow and you see what she brings to this show. So you first see her when they're four. So they're now 17, 18, somewhere like that. So 14 years later, we'll say 15, and she hasn't aged a day. In fact, she probably looks better than she did then. Maybe it's the ghost makeup. The shadows put this makeup on that really does nothing for their shadowing. However, it probably has a good bit to do with how well she's aged. So she snuck up on Kid Cansey, and you can tell that there's a little bit of an attraction, that there's more than likely going to be some smashing taking place between her and Kid Cansey. Well, they're having their conversation, and, and up comes Baba Voss and Alfrey Woodard. And they're like, hey, why haven't you pushed the fucking boat back in the river yet? And he's like, hey, shut the hell up. It's low tide right now. It won't go back in. And then they're, they're okay, we'll have to stay here till tomorrow. Well, then out of the fucking trees comes the witch hunter's dude. It's not the witch hunter. It's the witch hunter's dude. And then, of course, we cut. We cut back to the queen.
queen. The queen's being dragged into a city of slavers. She says, a little bit of exposition, what's this place called? It's called City of Worms. Who the fuck names a city, City of Worms? Can't possibly be the person who started City of Worms, who built it from the ground up with his bare hands, with her bare hands, because that is just not a very good name for something that you love, that you've poured sweat into. I just don't buy it as a realistic name of a city. So if that is the official city name, that's what the town hall placard says, then the dipshit who built it doesn't deserve a city. He deserves a fucking tombstone. So they go to the city of Worms and we meet the slaver bro. Slaver bro's like, hey dude, I know you're highborn, but you're still gonna be a slave. You're still gonna do shit you don't want to because you're a slave. And one thing that I hadn't noticed until just now is how handsy this universe is. There's a lot of grabbing people's hands without asking. There's a lot of grabbing people's bodies without asking. And my only thought is that since we are in a Me Too movement right now, we have really regressed as a people, you know? There's a lot of grabbing about and we should just be a little bit more cautious of where we are putting our hand because one's shoulder is about four inches from one's boobies. One's buttocks, a good game buttocks, if that person turns around abruptly, is one's good game dong slap, okay? We don't slap people's dongs. We don't grab their boobies without their permission. So basically, queen's fucked. The queen is good and fucked. Uh, so we go back to our journey team. The journey team! We're in a showdown. We're in a fight. Uh, we we get Baba Voss. Baba Voss says, angsty. Angsty, go put your mom and Alfrey Woodard in a hole and tell them to chill there and we're gonna fight these people. The opposition has a couple hundred bros who can't see. Now, they've lived their whole life without sight. They're a formidable force. That being said, you have three people in the prime of their bodies who can see. So that in itself is going to be a huge boon to your ability to murder people. Then, then you've got this woman whose entire existence has been sneaking up on people. They're not knowing where you are. So that is, and she seems to have above average combat skills. So that is also an advantage you have. And now you have Baba Voss. Baba Voss was made for murder. That's what his life should have been. He turned into a good guy and raised some other bro's children. And now he's just got this tool that he can reach up and grab whenever he needs. And it's the murder tool because he murders people. So I think that between the three kids that can see, the chick who's silent but deadly, and Baba Voss the murder machine, you know, it's outlandish to say that five people could kill 200 people, but I think they got a good chance here. I think they, I think they're gonna do okay. I mean, these blind guys, it's not like they're idiots. They're, they're not like feeble. They can, they can do murder. They can do battle. They're very capable. But Baba Voss is a killing machine and these fuckers can see and she's, her job is to be a ghost. I think, I think that five people might be able to take out an army in this case. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about, but it doesn't get that far because we get a bomb dropped on us. Okay, so mom has decided to leave Alfred Woodard in the hole. She's like, hey, I don't like you very much. And you have done nothing but create disharmony between me and my family. Uh, stay here and don't bother me again. So she goes and uh, she's going to go seek out the general. She's going to go seek out the general uh, because she's got an ace up her sleeve and it's a ring. She puts this ring on her hand and she starts to shake it around. And the general's like, what the fuck? What the holy mother of pearl? She's the long lost sister of Queen Screams Too Much. Queen Screams Too Much is now second in line because Princess Magra is now the princess to be reckoned with. Or the daughter of Queen Screams Too Much. He calls her princess so maybe she's the younger sister. I'm not sure about line of succession, but that being said, with Queen Screams too much out of the picture firmly, Magra is definitely the heir to the empire that's been drowned. But that being said, these ID rings, I think they're a really good idea. I think that they could very easily be taken to our world and be put into practical use. I wouldn't put bells and whistles on them, like bells and whistles, but not literal bells and whistles. Uh, but they're pretty cool. I like it. I like it a lot, especially in a world where eyesight is uh, almost non-existent. So, uh, that being said, this has pretty much been the episode. It was a good episode. It's a good show. You know, it's, it's not getting a lot of love online. And I think that's just because uh, it's weird. It's really fucking weird, but it's a good show. You know, Jason Momoa is really underrated as an actor. He's a really good actor. So if you don't have Apple Plus, uh, yeah, you don't need to get it. Hold off. The platform. So the platform.
platform. Apple Plus, I'd say, is better than Disney Plus. Uh, it still has flaws. Yeah, there's no restart episode button, and it crashed on me several times. And when it would crash, it wouldn't automatically resume from where it crashed from. So it has bugs, that's for sure. If you haven't recently purchased a new iPhone, iPad, Apple device, I wouldn't go get it. It's not worth it right now. But if you haven't watched C, it's good, man. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, you have it already, so I'm just blowing smoke out my ass. Those are just my thoughts, really. But what do you think of C? What do you think of Apple Plus? Do you think Jason Momoa is a leading man, or is he destined to do television? Uh, he, he's done a lot of television. It's been good. Uh, he also did Aquaman, and he was pretty solid in that, too. Uh, he's not Brad Pitt, you know? He's not Leo DiCaprio. But he can make a dumb movie. He can make a real good dumb movie. But please, take to the comments below. I would genuinely like to know your opinion. And go ahead and like, subscribe, bell icon, review, share, whatever is applicable to the to the platform that you're using. And tell a friend. Tell a friend, you know, make sure that you tell everyone. Uh, tell your mom. She'd love this. Tell your sister. Uh, tell her that I'm single. All the good stuff. So, you know, I think that there's something in these episodes for everybody. So just bring them out. Let me know. That being said, this has been Ridiculous Entertainment.